Hey, welcome to Church Alive. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the message. But hey, we're doing something different today, as you can tell. Um, I won't be speaking much, so don't worry. Uh, but... Uh, well, over the last few weeks, obviously, Pastor Anthony, Pastor Mary have talked about relationships from all walks of life, marriage, dating, single, you name it. And today, I figured we'd do, we figured we'd do something different, where, in essence, we want you to kick back, relax, and feel like you're grabbing coffee with Pastor Anthony and Pastor Mary. You know, I meet a lot of people, and even myself, when I go to other churches, conferences, I'm like, man, I wish I could sit down and grab coffee with that pastor. It would be so cool so we can talk about it, you know? So there's, the, there's power in both, the message itself, but also having to have a conversation with a person and today I kind of we, we our heart is for you to feel in such a way that you're out to Starbucks or maybe an actual legit cafe uh, <laughs> or if you're yeah. trying to save Dunkin Donuts you know I don't know but uh, it, it depends on that budget but anyway uh, but if the budget's real tight just don't buy coffee make it at home it's a lot cheaper uh, Thanks, Milton. Milton taught me that. There he is. Raise your hand right there. Anyway, but so right now it's a conversation, and I want you to feel like, and we'll be asking questions and uh, about relationships. So I, I think it'll be powerful for you. But before we do so, I believe Pastor Marion wants to do something about these books. Yeah, well, actually, even before that, I know a lot of you were uh, coming here about the Q&A we were going to do. There was like 40, 50 questions, yeah. so many questions, and Pastor Magno had a really good idea. He's like, there's so much to unpack here. We're not going to be able to do it in one service. So we're actually going to be doing, during the next couple of weeks, we're going to be recording the podcast and answering every single one of those questions. So on Spotify or what else do we have it on? Like on our Church app. Live app. Yeah, so you'll podcast. find it. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so we will be answering all of those questions. There was just a lot of different topics, and it was going to feel like we were all over the place. And so uh, we want to take those questions seriously. We yeah. are going to answer them. Uh, we just want to do it in a way where we're just really having time to think through each of those questions because yeah. it's really important stuff. But we also have two books we want to give away. Is anyone dating or engaged in here? Okay. Gino and Aniri. There you go. And there you go, sweetheart. Can you pass that back to Rose? Awesome. Can you put our hands together for those guys? Awesome, awesome. Um, and as Pastor Magno was saying, we're wrapping up this series. Um, and really the heartbeat for the series is to really help empower you. I know some of you might be single in here, not might, there's many single, there's many young people. Um, don't disconnect in this time. This is the gold that you need before you start a marriage um, because too many people end up you know, with broken marriages, with regrets because they yep. didn't listen to the advice of people who came before them. And so we just wanna save you some pain. So sit back, enjoy the conversation. A lot of times people think pastors are perfect. We're the furthest from perfect. We're just a work in progress. And God's used us as vessels to share our story and how we've allowed God to use us yeah, uh, in this thing called life. So we're going to sit back. We're going to talk a little bit about us and how our journey is. And so we hope you enjoy and let the Holy Spirit really minister to you at whatever part of life you're in right now. Yeah, yes. So, yep. Awesome. So before we get started, though, uh, Tell us about when you first... I love putting pillows on my lap. Yeah, me too. I love putting them on my belly because then it hides the fat. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's been rolling over lately. Oh I don't know why. Oh my gosh. No, no. That's why I have my leg up so no one sees it. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> 
Tell us about uh, when you guys first started dating, uh, maybe at the end of college life, first getting married. Tell us a little bit about that, how that was. Yeah, so we met actually at a at a kind of church service, correct? It was, it was a Saturday college. night yeah, in college, youth kind of campus, you college event. I did speak that yeah. night and so forth. I wasn't preaching the whole thing. It was kind of more like share sure. testimonies and so forth. And then a couple of weeks later, I asked Miriam out and then she said no. And I was like, uh, sorry, wrong number. <laughs> and uh, about a year and a half later, um, actually the, the tides had changed. She was all of a sudden warm to me at one, one time in the cafeteria. I just very much noticed it and uh, realized it wasn't icicles anymore, but it was more of a summer Caribbean breeze and uh, coming my way. And so I thought I'd, I'd catch that wave. And, uh, and anyway, asked her out and then she hasn't said no since. Yeah, yeah I do. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm glad that happened. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, I, I remember, I don't, because I wasn't there, when you guys first decided to have kids. That'd be awkward. <laughs> well, yeah, you should do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, not like, okay. Uh, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to keep myself spiritual. Good. Keep, but uh, keep talk about a time when you guys first started to have, want, want to have kids and um, you made that decision. Yeah. So we waited about five years. Yeah. yeah, we waited about five years and our really good friends still to this day, best friends, uh, Faith and Angel, um, we had a vacation with them a few times and so we were planning on doing this big trip to Italy and then at that time, when we were already planning to do it, we looked at our finances. We're like, we can't go to Italy. Where are we kidding? And let's have a kid instead. You know, we got yep. insurance. Um, it was so, either Ben or Italy. Yeah, it was like get pregnant or go to Italy. And I'm like, yeah, mm, okay, we have no money, oh. so we'll go. Um, oh. All right, that's I think great. It's you, man. <laughs> no, it's not mine. Is it mine? All right. Yeah, oh, it might let's just switch theirs already. Yeah, let's not even wait. Hello, there we, go. there we are. All so right. yeah, so basically that's when we got pregnant with Ben, and yeah. he's been amazing, and we have three kids, and three awesome kids. Yeah, so yeah. Cool. I remember uh, I get to hang out with them a lot at their house, which is pretty cool. Uh, chocolate milk is amazing, by the way. Re <laughs> highly recommend. Uh, but anyway, uh, no one really cared, but it's all right. <laughs> Maybe that's why I, yeah. Um, but I remember a funny story of when you were pregnant with, uh, I believe, Hopi, and you were like sitting on the couch, you know, and being all pregnant and stuff. What I think does it was that like, mean, being all pregnant? Uh, she wanted cake, and she's like, babe, I want cake. I'm, like, I'm not having cake, I'm kind of dieting. Yeah. And, like, and then- Who tells their wife they're dieting when she's seven months pregnant? Yeah, like, don't do that, yeah. <laughs> but I knew she was about to lose 10 pounds plus water weight and all that kind yeah, of stuff, yeah, and I, I had no excuses. When I'm feeling, feeling like a penguin, you don't tell me you're gonna go on a diet. <laughs> so he's getting yeah. ripped and I'm not, so it was lots right. of fun. So what not to do when your wife is pregnant? So yeah. don't tell her you're dieting. So. Yeah, it was hilarious. Or at moment. least keep it more secret. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretend yeah. to eat the brownie. <laughs> Another funny moment was, uh, it was it, this kind of has to do with communication and how you communicate. But uh, I believe Pastor Miriam was hurt about something. And then I was like, oh, you should talk to Pastor Anthony about it. He, he had no idea. Uh, guys usually have no idea when that stuff's going on. You know, yeah, we all the guys all sitting in the man. house, right? Anthony was doing something, and we were in the living room or yeah. something. And I was, you're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And you're like, yeah. we'll talk to Anthony. <laughs> so then I, 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 I 
encouraged her to go speak to Pastor Anthony, and then this happened. Yeah, so I'm in the playroom acting like a martyr, like I'm the only one who does everything around here. As women, we love to be martyrs sometimes. And I'm there like cleaning up, and then Anthony comes in, he's like, babe, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just feeling like this, this, and that, and I just, and I'm like going, and I'm just hoping for a little bit of compassion and empathy, and you know, him to come sit next to me and help me, and he's like, babe, you just gotta do this, this, and that. It was just like cold and just trying to give me an answer. And I was like, see, you don't care, you don't listen. And, and it was just hilarious. It was just something yeah. that we realized, yeah. wait a minute, when we're talking, make sure we're listening to understand, not just listening to respond. And yeah. so often that's what we do. We're either in a rush, so we're not really valuing the person and what they're trying to say. Yeah. Um, and we just have to really all slow down. And this busy thing called life, uh, we're always going a million miles per hour, but we need to pause to really value the person we're with and listen to what they're saying. Don't yeah. just try to give the solution. Um, if they're hurting, be there with them. Hug them, you know what I'm saying? Or or just try to understand and then come up with a solution, MacGyver. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> Does anyone even know MacGyver or am I like just, all right, yes, I'm in good company. Yeah. Everyone under 30 has no idea who MacGyver is. Do you know MacGyver? I am he. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Speak it. I am listening. Right. <laughs> but anyway, last last funny uh, communication story uh, when you thought someone was breaking in the house. Remember That's that nice. time? Oh, I can't forget. So we had a very interesting thing happen. Um, our worship team at the time, uh, Jack, who's our drummer, he was our first drummer years ago. Yeah. Uh, they thought it was funny to prank us in the middle of the night and hang chicken all over our house. And so we woke up and we thought the devil was mad at us. We're like, whoa, voodoo, you know what I'm saying? Yes, witches hate us. And and so we called the police. They're the detectives from Carney. The police department were there. They thought it was witchcraft too. Yeah, they did. They're they like, this did. happens. You guys are pastors. I'm like, yeah, we're doing something for the kingdom of God. We're like so excited. And, and, then, the and it was the worship team. Like, wow, we got to talk Good to our job, worship, worship team, team about that. Well, here's the th funny thing. Anthony went to work that morning. So he just told me there was chicken. So I'm assuming it's raw chicken. It was chicken tenders from the diner. <laughs> so like, it's like, you know, lack of communication. The details weren't there. Guys typically... Didn't the cop the say nowadays they yeah, use anything? Yeah, the cop did say, because then when he asked us where the chicken was, I'm like, it's in the garbage. And I was like, oh, it's chicken fingers. I'm so sorry. I thought it was raw chicken. He's like, nah, nowadays, witchcraft, they use all of that stuff. I was like... He had no idea what he was saying. He was like, yeah. What the heck? KFC. So anyway, that night, yeah, KFC, whatever. So that night, our dog, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, starts like... Uh, howling and doing this stuff. Yeah. So we used to have a stick under our bed because we yeah. don't have a gun. And so we had a stick under our bed and I was like, babe, they're back. Like, you need to go down there and take care of business. He's like, I'm on it, baby. So I'm like, I'm going to have 911 ready. Which the last year she told me there's people breaking her house at least five to ten times. I like law and order, so I'm always obsessed that someone's yeah. going to come get me or something. So he gets Gets the stick from underneath the bed. I have 911 ready to go. Meanwhile, I'm under a blanket because I'm like freaking out. Under the sheet. Yes, under the sheet. So then Anthony's gone. Just hiding. Right? Just back here. Just what? Who can find you? No one can find you under there. It's brilliant. All right, well, he did was brilliant after. So like five minutes go by, no sign of Anthony. I'm at this point like whispering like, babe. 
honey, are you alive? Babe, where are you? Nothing, 10 minutes goes by, nothing, 15. At this point, like, the witch has got the man, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I was being sacrificed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally called 911. <laughs> the police are on their way. They're like, ma'am, what's wrong? I'm like, they got my husband. I don't know what to do. And like, they're like, oh my gosh, who has your husband? I'm like, I don't know what I think the witches do, you know? And, and the they're toilet. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so all of a sudden, 20 minutes goes by. Here comes Anthony coming up the stairs. I'm like, you're, you're, you're here, what happened? He's like, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, you didn't think to Nature tell called, me. People. Nature called, people, like, nature, nature So you're called. here reading a magazine where I'm dying. I called the police and you didn't think to tell me 20 minutes later, you went down there to like take care of business, but you really went to take care of business. Thanks a lot for telling me. Yeah. And so that it's was- Two types of business. Yes. <laughs> yeah, next time you tell me these things, you know, like, babe, I'm going to the bathroom, something like that, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'll try. <laughs> That was so funny. No chocolate milk for you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so obviously communication is a key component of yes. any relationship. Can we all agree? Yeah. So we're going to talk about communication for a bit. And uh, I want to ask this to Pastor Anthony. You know, what have you learned through the years, not only in marriage, but family, friends, uh, about communication? Um, it's funny, you know, We've been married almost 15 years now, and I've been doing actually relationship series for like years, almost yeah. like early days, mm. two, three years in. There's so many things you, you learn out of a book. There's so many things you absolutely don't learn out of a book. You only learn an experience. Um, so we've been married 15 years now. We've been blessed in marriage, certainly not perfect in marriage. We've certainly been blessed. One of the things that has really been a, uh, I would say, a lesson for me is I'm not really a natural confronter. Like I don't want to just deal with things right away. I'd rather avoid things. I'd rather throw it under the rug kind of thing. I mean, you like to throw things under the rug. It normally smells worse after a while, but anyway, it's under the rug and you've dealt with it. Anyway, uh, I'm probably not your most natural confronter, but I've had to learn to kind of confront my own uh, not wanting to confront so that health and life can come into a relationship. And then um, I would say a big thing for me has been like my, my parents had a very explosive uh, relational model on how they fought. They never fought well. Like it wasn't, it wasn't sit down and have like a nice discussion. There were no nice discussions. There was just yelling. And so I've had to learn to really just calm my own self. And then when, if I'm frustrated, I need to kind of back away and I'll talk to you about it later. I might bring it up at a later time. Yeah. Hey, let's chat about this frustration. If you don't chat about frustrations, obviously eventually um, it'll bubble under the surface and then when you go to talk about it, you'll be too emotional on it. So often you have to calm yourself and then, and then bring yourself to the place where you can just talk about it calmly. Yeah, yeah for me, um, my style, because I'm a little bit more... I grew up in a very like perfectionist, excellence kind of household. So if I see something, I immediately want to address it. Um, so the problem with that, you know, when you're married to someone a little bit more laid back, is you can become as a type A a bit harsh. Yeah. And so my favorite song is "Don't Worry About a Thing." <laughs> yeah. And then I have to worry about everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so it's you know it's the thing that really drew me attracted to Anthony was that he was super laid. 
laid back and super cool. But then once you get married and there's a lot to do, you have to navigate your different personality. And so I could be, because of my type A, um, there's so much strengths with that. But then there's the con, which is you could be harsh and you can want things a certain way and you could be a bit of a perfectionist. And so, um, you know, the joke for years, I'd come down the stairs instead of good morning, baby, was like, oh my gosh, there's dishes everywhere, baby. You know what I'm saying? And so he used to communicate with me like, honey, when you come down the stairs, like, let's start the day on a positive note. Like, good morning. How are you? And, you know, and and just sometimes you just have to slow down, even when you wake up. I'm very task oriented. So I wake up, you know, I already have my tech, uh, thanks to my amazing assistant. I have my morning text of everything, all my meetings for the day, all the things I have to do. So I already wake up. And this is a great thing, knowing what I need to do. But I'm already going down the stairs in work mode. And I've had to learn to just like, hey, pause. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to come and celebrate the gift God's given me first thing in the morning, my husband, my children. And so really had to learn to tone it down with my type A. There's a place where that can shine. Um, But really celebrate what God's given me first thing in the morning. You know, set the tone, like Anthony often says, set the tone. Um, And something else I learned um, that I think it's really important for us ladies and uh, men, if you struggle with this, then this is for you too. A lot of times we expect our men to be mind readers. And so we're not, (laughs) they're not. So sometimes we're aggravated about something that we just think they need to know. Like you're aggravated, you're mad for two days and they're like, babe, what's wrong? And then you make them like suffer because you're not gonna tell them what's wrong because they should just know what's wrong. Like, oh, they should know what's wrong. And, and they're trying to help the situation by asking you like, yeah. babe, did I do something? Like poor Anthony, like for years, I make him suffer for like an entire day. He's like, babe, what did I do wrong? Babe, what did I, I'm like, well, you should know what you did wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like and that doesn't help us win together you know what i'm saying like i'm trying to like prove a point but my point is making the relationship lose and so we can't like to make our spouses win or to make even our parents win sometimes as children or parents to make your kids win like i can't assume that ben rachel and hope know exactly what i'm thinking that they need to be doing like i could be mad like why are you mad mom like you didn't make your bed well you could have reminded me i have better things like you know like video games to do or something. And so we have to stop thinking that everyone knows what you're thinking. You know what I mean? Even like when it comes to gifts or date nights, sometimes we're super detailed and we have a certain thing and certain expectation. Um, But if you don't actually communicate for win, you know what I'm saying? Then they're gonna fail your expectation every single time. So I've learned, stop trying to think that Anthony's a mind reader. Help him win by just communicating exactly what you want, exactly what you need and so uh, definitely something i've learned yeah it's great man no Mm -hmm. it's really good uh ephesians 4 says this uh do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others according to their needs and like we were talking before obviously when it comes to communication it's so important to know the other person's needs you know everyone is wired differently and uh talk us through a bit about uh that resource that we have that points people to understanding that better yeah, years ago, communication, they actually say that um, 20% or even 10% is verbal and 80% is actually body language and so forth. So if I, if I say to you, I love you, 
Or I say, I love you. Right? There's a bit of a difference, right? Tone and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, someone will say sometimes like, don't tell me you love me, like show me you love me. And so when we're talking about communication, we're really not just talking about speech. We're actually talking about everything is communicating. Like everything is communicating love or everything is communicating I'm for you. Everything is communicating within your family. And so a great, great psychologist wrote this book called His Needs, Her Needs. And, And I bumped into this book, I think about 12 years ago. So I want you to show this on the screen, the top five needs of a man, top five needs of a woman. And I bumped into this about 12 years ago. And, and, and I've used it a lot because I just think he summarizes to the best extent what often a man says he would want in a relationship so that, watch this now, so that he actually feels the love. And and here's what often a woman would communicate so that she feels the love. Because it's one thing, like if Miriam gives me gifts, but I'm not really like much of a gift person, but I'm more of a affection person, that might be great. It might be like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But it's more like, is she communicating in the way that I'm, I need and I respond? Yeah. And so here's what, after interviewing over 20,000 couples, that's a lot, right? Over 20,000 couples, basically what most men said that his needs are within a, a, a marriage context, sexual fulfillment, recreational companionship, attractiveness of spouse, domestic support, and admiration. Now, you might flick that around like I wouldn't put recreational companionship at number two. I might put that, I don't know, number seven or something like that. And then uh, as a woman, the woman generally says, I need affection from my husband. I need conversation. I need honesty and openness, trustworthiness. All communication, all family is built on trust financial support and family commitment. And the reason that I, that I want you to see that and feel that and not just look at the list and go, babe, you ain't doing this. No, men, you need to look at her list and actually women, you need to look at his list and say, man, how can I intentionally actually communicate love? Because here's, here's the reality of the marriage vow. The marriage vow isn't let's stay together till death do us part. No, the marriage vow is let's love one another till yeah. death do us part. Yeah. Big, big difference. Stay together, but I hate you. Yeah. No, it's so true and real. Or love you, right? I, you actually and I vowed many years ago to love one another. Yeah. So it's actually not good enough. We just stay together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good enough when I'm loving. It's good enough when I'm forgiving. It's good enough when I'm kind. Yeah. And sometimes as a, as a man or woman, you might go, well, that's just the way I am. Uh, can I just say, keep growing? <laughs> like, just have a commitment. And, and I would say that to every single person here. Man, if, if Miriam and I, I think if we've done one thing pretty well, it's just keep growing. Yeah. Keep growing in Jesus. Keep yeah. growing your commitment yeah. to the house of God. Keep growing in your commitment to one another. Because if you keep growing, there's hope. but if if you don't keep growing there's no hope and then you get stuck and then the marriage feels like there's marital drift the most dangerous thing you could ever say is well that's just how I am like oh you might as well just get like a shovel and bury that relationship because that means you're not willing to grow that means you've lost humility Um, one of the things I'm so thankful to God every year Anthony asks me he's like what do I need to do to be a better husband every stinking year he asks me and every year it's getting harder to answer that because I see God's hand on his life and he is growing and he is just getting better and better as a husband better and better as a communicator I mean we all have our faults we still have our our moments 
moments where we have disagreements and arguments. I win a lot of them, of course, you know? Just kidding. I'm joking. Actually, I'm totally that. serious. Uh -huh. But... I don't know if I've won one. I that's mean, not true. You've won me, so you won them all. Oh. <laughs> Boom. Just, just dropped it. <laughs> dropped the mic. No. But I will say this. When you do say, well, this is who I am, at an early stage, I, I read a book on leadership, but this book has stuck with me in everything. What you allow, you create. So in other words, if you allow at an early stage dishonor, disrespect, lack of validation, lack of celebration, yeah. you're gonna keep reaping that in your relationship. So if you allow uh, 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 um, your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend to just kind of keep treating you a certain way and just say sorry every time. Like if they're, if they're saying sorry, but they're not changing, you've just created a culture in that relationship. Yeah. So what you allow, you actually have to tolerate, right? Yeah. So you need to have tough conversations early on so that yeah. you actually are building, like we're really intentional in our church about the culture we create. Yeah. We are yeah. building a culture. And if anything comes against that, we address it right away because yeah. we don't yeah. want an unfriendly culture. We don't want a whatever culture. And so that's the same for your marriage. It's the same for yeah. your dating relationship. What you allow now, you basically are building. That's yeah. the culture you're building for that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That is really good. Can we give it up for that? Come on. That's good. Um, so when you think of communication and understanding Pastor Miriam's needs and vice versa, you understanding his needs, looking back through the years, you know, what's perhaps one or two things that you would do differently? Why don't you go first, babe? Um, it's going to sound like super ridiculous, super simple, and like probably people are going to roll their eyes. And it's probably that one answer I don't want to say because it's the one I'm the convicted the most about. I would actually be consistently healthy. Why? Because I'd have more energy to play with my kids, more energy to do fun stuff with my husband. He loves doing fun stuff. Like, let's go play tennis. And, oh, I just want to lay on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and so sometimes we don't, and, and I'm so embarrassed saying this because he's probably dying inside. Like, yes, see, I told you. Like, but um, if, you, if I look back, my healthiest uh, was when I was the most active and eating the healthiest. And it was when I played the most, ran the most, had so much fun. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten busier, but I haven't made my health a priority. Um, and it's just like your energy, your mood, yeah. your mental capacity. Like I've been, in, I've been, I've been struggling with some health things recently, the last six months to a year. And I finally went to a doctor, and the doctor's like, "Oh my gosh, you're 37. Why are you dealing with this?" And I'm like, "I guess I've stopped being healthy. I've stopped intentionally working out, intentionally eating healthy." And believe it, it sounds so stupid. It sounds so silly, but it's everything. It's your vitality. Yeah. It's your longevity. Yeah. It's it's your fun. It's it's how you react your food will react will um, trigger your mood um, yeah. your sleep you won't sleep well if you're not exercising well and and so I made a decision I, like tomorrow I really I already went shopping <laughs> new sneakers and stuff so it's like oh that's my such gosh. a girl moment oh come on gosh, give so that out right excited. there right there right like, before I step in the gym I need a new outfit people yes. Woo. <laughs> I literally went to Marshall's yesterday and I like bought some outfits I'm so excited I made my gym bag and I'm like super Super excited about it, um, but yeah, that's me. That's something I would change. <laughs> Definitely that. No, but seriously though, like, how excited are you? About it? <laughs> Can you clarify that a Stop little? It. No, I'm just kidding. Keep but going. What about you, Pastor Anthony? When it comes to um, what would it, something I change? Yeah, something you do differently. Um, yeah, I think when it comes to some change, um, gosh, one of the things I think we've done pretty well is just 
make sure that we have purpose together, meaning together. We build the, the house of God. We build the kingdom of God Stuff together. That flows together um, when, you know, we're building our family together. Um, so it's not just we're attracted to one another, but we're attracted to one another and we have meaning and purpose kind of together. Uh, some of the things I'd be more intentional on is, um, again, protecting that date night is actually super duper important because if you, if you go a month, you go six weeks, you go eight weeks without some kind of date in there, I do find the affection uh, isn't where you want it to be. And I think if you'll our calendars kind of run our lives, but I think we actually have to run our lives according to our priorities yeah. and make sure we're evaluating life. You know, God made the heavens and the earth and then he reflected. And I think if we'll reflect more, we'll regret less. Yeah. Um, so that's too, big for me. If you're not intentional with that, what happens is you wind up being roommates instead of, you know, marriage partners. And yeah. you wind up just being partners who raise children, but not actually married partners who love each other. And so you see a lot of people who are married for a long time, they don't even have anything like between them anymore. It's just like they tolerate each yeah. other, but there's no more like love. There's no more like whatever yeah. you want to call that. So. And that sometimes I'll say this, like if you haven't been dating in quite a while and now you leave this series and go, oh my gosh, we're going to start dating again and so forth. It actually might be a little bit difficult. Like it might yeah, be a little hard, yeah. and but you're just looking for progress and you're looking for some wins and you're looking for like if it's two out of ten, like you got to get to four out of ten. Yeah. yeah. And then if you can get to four, I think you can get to six. If you think you can get to six, I think you can get to eight. Like, yeah. and then all of a sudden you got a pretty like if you're an eight out of ten in marriage, like you're doing really well. Yeah. You're doing great. Uh, so I just want to encourage someone who perhaps that's really drifted off, and. Um, like, don't think just because now you're going to go on one date, it's going to be perfect. Yeah. yeah like, uh, Miriam and I were talking l recently, and she was bringing up something, and she brought it up in a super nice way. Last night. Yeah, last yeah. night. Just like, hey, babe, you could do this different. And I was kind of getting defensive. How many of you ever got defensive when someone talks to you about anything in your world, right? So you're kind of nice. like, I'm trying my best, you know? <laughs> And, um, but I just kind of got a little defensive. So I, 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 <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm being the nicest I've ever been in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'll say one more thing to that too. Um, one thing I've noticed a difference in, um, I could say the same thing a million times, but it's how I say it that leads to the change. Yeah. So like, I'll be asking for things for years, right? We mentioned this in the 10 o'clock, like, man, change the light bulb or paint the door or whatever. And sometimes you say it frustrated. They don't hear you when you're talking, nagging at them and like treating them like children. Yeah. But if you sit down and say, hey, you know, this really means a lot to me. Like, I love our home and, and I want to have pride of our home. Like, how you talk to your man or how you talk to your spouse, or, it actually dictates how they actually can flourish. So if you talk yeah. down at them, they're never going to ask, like, they're never going to grow. They're never going yeah. to yeah. satisfy that. But if you actually speak to them with respect and honor and love and just be like, hey, um, you know, I, I really, this is important to me. Can you make the time? Like, yeah. if you do that humbly, trust me, they'll make the time, yeah. you know? And so so instead of having a nagging spirit, and then I often say, like, when the joke is like, oh, you nag or whatever, um, it's like, well, I wouldn't have to nag if you would just listen the first time around. Uh, but maybe, <laughs> right, right, all the women, you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying? But maybe it's how we actually bring it up. Maybe it's how we ask them to do it. 
And so I've noticed like this year, he's being more intentional about fixing things around the house. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> and, but <laughs> I love he's him. returning on the clouds. <laughs> yeah. But the difference between this year and all the others, the other years was like, I would say it in a frustrating way, like, when are you going to do that? And now it's like, hey, babe, it really means a lot to me if you would really do that. And he's like, all right, I'll do it now. It's good like, right there, right? Why did it take so long to learn How many that? men will respond to that just way better? Yeah. You're like, you're amazing in so many things, like, but you could the, just no, do this one like, thing. Only three guys raised their hand because they're scared their wife's going to kill them. So. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, I'm scared. Is she going to yell at me? They're all like, men just look and blink. Just <laughs> give me a little, give me a little must code here. <laughs> So I saw weird. some of them. They were like, what did she say? You're perfect, you know? Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a big area, I believe, for a lot of people, um, whatever stage they're in in life, but especially like in a relationship, um, in, a, in a marriage, it seems like finances can take a big toll, yeah. right? So when obviously we're thinking, we're talking through communication, we're talking through understanding the person's needs, but... What would you guys have done different or maybe the same through the years? Obviously, I'm sure you have some highs and some lows when it comes to finances. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people would like to know that. Yeah, finances. Um, Miriam is more the administrative type of person, so she basically pays the bills. I kind of look after the budget, basically. And she did it for a lot of years. I was just trying to take some weight off her Praise of God. how much she did <laughs> and so forth. Um, if we would do it again, uh, we'd be very, very cautious on debt. Totally. Uh, very, very cautious. Obviously, credit card debt just can sink you. And we were, we did get married with some debt, and yeah. so that did bring some stress into the family. Um, and dealing with that, and and owning where it is, and paying it off, mm. it does take normally longer than you think to yeah. pay it off. Um, but we have really been blessed, though. And 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 I look back now and go, wow, God's been good to us. Yeah. Um, it takes diligence. It takes faithfulness. It more than anything else, like I think it just takes consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I save a bunch of people some pain, young people who are about to get married or thinking of marriage, or even if you're not? I remember early on being criticized by people we're close to because they had nice cars, they had the flats. We had those old box TVs. You remember those things with the antennas? Like we were like the last people I think in America to get a flat screen. <laughs> and literally, like my different people would come over and be like, "Really? Like you still have the box?" I'm like, "Yo, we don't we don't have the money yet. Okay, yeah. we'd rather go on a date night than buy a stupid flat screen, you know?" Yeah. And so one of the things I would say to save you some pain is. Um, live within your means. Yeah. I know someone close to me, not from our church, who had to file bankruptcy twice because they always had to keep up with the Joneses. They always had to have the newest lease. They always had to have this amount of flat screens or this and that. And they were always having to ask certain people to help them get out of debt. But yet they were always telling us, like, why don't you have this? Or why, don't, why do you have that old phone? And I'm like, bro, because we can't afford it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to try to impress you by getting myself in debt. Like, really? Yeah. Save yourself some pain. Live within your means. Yes. And if you do that now, later on, you can live like a baller. You know what I'm saying? And so... Yeah. Um, yeah, live within your means. It's okay if you don't have the next thing that everyone else has. Who cares? Yeah. We, we really have learned to trust God uh, yeah. to lead us, uh, to guide us. Yeah. Uh, we've always put him first. We've always lent towards generosity. Um, I think one of the things that that does to your heart um, is perhaps one of the biggest things when you handle your finances well and you worship God with your giving, um, it actually makes you a more generous person. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that affects your whole marriage yeah. because you're actually becoming a more generous person. And then we've just seen God's faithfulness time and time again. Every time God has asked us to stretch in our generosity actually 
Gosh, um, we were just about to be married, and um, obviously it would have been nice to to have some money, or maybe we were married. And I was like, babe, car was before we got married. Yeah. So anyway, I was leaving to go back to Australia, and I was praying one day. Felt like the Lord told me to give away my car, and I'm like, Lord, I really need the money, so I give away your car. So anyway, I gave away my car. It was kind of a crappy car. It was like eighteen hundred dollar car. And anyway, but I felt like it was a moment of faith. I the first job I get in Australia, I get a company car, and I was like, man, that's awesome. Anyway. We just get married. I felt like the Lord asked me again, give away your car. It was a $5,000 car this time. And I gave away my car and I had some credit card debt. So it would have been very nice to pay that off. It didn't make wisdom sense. Yeah. I'm like, Lord, but I, I just knew in my heart I had to give away this car. Anyway, I gave away the car, come to America. Someone gives me an $11,000 car within two weeks of us being here. And uh, I've just seen God's faithfulness yeah. time and time again. Yeah. Um, but we will say this. Um, when you do feel like you need to stretch out and be super generous, this is above the tithe, make sure the Holy Spirit's leading you in that. Because yeah. sometimes you like hear stories like this, I'm going to give away my new car. And then you're like, whoa, now I'm in debt forever. Yeah. Um, if it's the Holy Spirit, you'll you'll know it. There'll be uh, peace. Don't be, yeah, there'll be peace. There'll be, don't, don't, don't try to just be like, whatever, you know? Miriam and I bounce off each other on this a lot. Yeah. I honestly ask her, hey, I think this is God. Do you think this is God? We do that like a lot. Yeah. So I lean to her to know often the voice of God. Because we're one. God made us one. Yeah. And so he'd speak both to us. And she has incredible discernment and normally knows if I'm right or wrong. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's almost bizarre. No, a funny story. When we were doing the Believe and Build campaign, we were going to give a certain amount to the campaign. And, and, and she was like, no, we're giving 5000 more than that. And I was like, no, nah, that's no way. I had a dream. And literally this, this, this person this came up to me, literally tapped me on the shoulder and, and says she was right. Wow. <laughs> like, you heard it here, Church Alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just being obedient and generosity, we've seen yeah. God. There was yeah, a lot of miracle stories that we don't have time for right now, but yeah, God's yeah. been good to us. You guys kind of touched up on it already, but maybe what's one thing you would tell young people or people who are dating or considering marriage and advice? You know, I don't know if I can do it better than Solomon. Uh, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart. Above all else, he says, for out of it flows the issues of life. Yeah. Um, Jesus talked a lot about the heart. The Holy Spirit inspired this scripture. Above all else, guard your heart. So keep growing. Yeah. Keep bitterness out of your heart. Um, keep lust out of your heart. Keep Fine. control out of your heart. Yeah. Um, just decide that Jesus' way is the best way. Believe me, it is. In, in our 15 years of marriage and then seeing so many other marriages who've done it Jesus' way and then not done it Jesus' way. Like, I, trust me when I tell you, when I meet someone who's doing marriage Jesus' way, their marriage, I would probably say it's normally five times better than the other one. I, I promise you. Why? Because, gosh, I just don't know if I'm that good. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I need Jesus. I need the Lord. And then I lean on Him. And then, so whether you're single, dating, or married, get closer to Jesus and just consistently meet with Him. There's that great new song out by Hillsong that says, where there is new wine, there is new oil, there is new freedom, there is new life. And I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. If I'll get in God's presence on a regular basis, there'll be new wine, there'll be new oil, there'll be new freedom. And then I can come out of my time with God and I can treat my wife right. If I don't treat her wife that 
right that day. We can talk about it. We can mesh it up. We can ask forgiveness. We can say we're sorry. But man, I have seen the blessing of God. Like now being married almost 15 years, like I can't even tell you, I've, I've seen the blessing of God for 15 years because we've been running with Jesus for 15 years. And I can promise you this, if there was a year that it wasn't going that well, it would have been the perhaps a year that we hadn't been walking with Jesus, but we had no option. We had to walk with Jesus because we were leaving a church. This is why you need to get involved in the house of God and build God's kingdom because you have you're, you are made to rely on God. That's why there's a hole in your heart when you don't. And I'm made to rely on God. And actually, I would say marriage, flip. <laughs> marriage is actually made to rely on God. Cord of three strands is not easily broken. Right? Yeah, for me, when I was single, so often you're trying to fix the person that you're dating, because a lot of times we think that we have to fix them. Um, there came a point in our relationship because I was really broken. Uh, when we were dating, I was really broken. I mean, that's a story for another day. And I'll never forget one day, it was maybe like a year and a half before we got married. I went to the prayer chapel on campus and I got on my knees and I just started sobbing. I was like, God, forget the relationship, fix me. And I think what you need to do is if you, as a single person, whatever, as an individual, forget single married people. Holy Spirit, fix me. Holy Spirit, make me whole so I can love the way you've called me to love. I'll never forget being on my knees that day and just crying out to God. And instead of crying out to God to fix our relationship, because we had a lot of issues in our dating relationship, it was like, no, 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 no. This is because of my insecurity. This is because of my brokenness. God, fix me. Work on you. Like the best place and the best thing I did for myself in that season of brokenness was come into the presence of God. It's in the presence of God that he reveals so much. He reveals his heart for you. He's re- he reveals your brokenness. He reveals like sometimes the things that need pruning. He reveals the thing that you forgot about that's making you be a certain way. Yeah. That thing in your childhood that you've repressed and you don't know why you react a certain way. It's in his presence that all that stuff comes up to the surface. And then as you bring it to the surface, he can wipe it away until he sees his reflection. You see, like we're like a like a diamond to God. We're like a gold to God. And as we go through the fire, the fire makes the impurities come to the surface. And then he cleans those impurities. And then you go through the fire again, the impurities come up and he cleans and he keeps doing that until he sees his reflection in that gold. You are gold, but you're gonna have impurities. And it's only in the presence of God that you can actually be healed and whole. You know, I found that the best thing in a relationship for me, Anthony was so proud of me. Like, I take a little longer than he does to say I'm sorry. But the other day, I don't remember how long ago it was now, but it was like instant and it wasn't even a big deal. But I quickly said I'm sorry. And he was like, whoa, that was fast. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what it is? It's, It's the byproduct of walking with Jesus. The more you walk with him, the more humble you should be. Honestly, humility is the byproduct of walking with God. And so if you can come before God, not trying to fix your husband's problems, but coming honestly before him and say, Father, would you heal me? Would you change me? Then you come out of that presence time with humility and you know how to love better. 
So if there's one piece of you know, advice I can give from my personal journey is you don't know it all, you're not the best there is, but God through you can have you walk in humility so that you can love the best way that you've been crafted to love. Awesome. Hey, can we close our eyes? Would you bow your hands with me? If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.